You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, as always, Sosa Kermendras. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Right before we dive into our episode, I just wanted to remind you guys that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt will give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another episode here, another fresh week, another Monday episode with me here at the Locked On Rams pod, and there has been more news surrounding Julio Jones to the Los Angeles Rams, so this is kind of going to be a Julio Jones special when it comes to this episode. I want to dedicate two segments to talking about everything that involves the Rams, Julio Jones, how they could get it done, the obstacles that they have to overcome, the hurdles they need to clear potential trade packages, all that good stuff. And not only that, we are also going to dive into Aaron Donald's odds to win the Defensive Player of the Year award in the final segment. But before we get into all of that, I just wanted to quickly say welcome back to all our Apple Podcast listeners. We are officially back up on every single platform. I appreciate you guys for sticking with me through that mess, I guess you could call it. That was quite annoying. A month and a half, it felt like, of just bothering Apple trying to get back on the platform. But we are officially back on. So if you are an Apple Podcast listener, if you prefer a different platform, we should be back full strength everywhere. So you guys, I appreciate you for finding different ways to listen to me here on different platforms. Sorry for making it inconvenient, but we're officially back. No more lumps, no more annoying little nuances to clear. And that does take us into our episode. And I mentioned it, Julio Jones, Los Angeles Rams. Last week, we talked about Peter Schrager and Steve Weich, both of the NFL mentioning that the Rams should not be counted out and sort of hinting at the Rams being a potential player for the Julio sweepstakes. And now over the weekend, there was a bunch of different news, up, downs, up, downs, kind of felt like the stock market, but we have legitimate reported interest now that the Rams are actually in talks with the Falcons for a potential trade with Julio Jones. Now they aren't the only team. There has been a lot of teams talking to him, the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Rams all in just the NFC West, the Tennessee Titans, New England Patriots, Baltimore Ravens, a bunch of different teams. And deservedly so, we're talking about one of the game's premier receivers, a Hall of Famer, one of the top three, top two, maybe the best wide receivers still to this day in football when healthy. Now, what happened over the weekend? Well, the Rams actually went from plus 3,300 odds, 33 to 1. That was like middle of the pack or, you know, towards the end of the pack there in the NFL to land Julio to jumping up all the way to the second best odds at plus 500, 5 to 1 odds, trailing only the Tennessee Titans at plus 450. That was at DraftKings Sportsbook and, you know, a couple of other sports books. That is insane. And then not only that, but we had Mike Garofolo of NFL Network come out and report that the Rams have been talking to them as well. And that is all now sort of building this little cycle of Steve Weich, Peter Schrager, Mike Garofolo, and betting odds and markets catching up. There is clear and legitimate interest now that the Rams have in Julio Jones and that they could potentially land another superstar player in another big time trade 
Honestly, it doesn't even feel real at this point. I know that the Rams should never be counted out, and that's kind of why I said it last week. Even though I didn't really see them as a legitimate, realistic possibility at the earlier onset of the week and kind of throughout the week, I started to talk myself into it. And then when you know Peter Schrager came out and Steve Weich came out, it was like, okay, you know what? There might be an actual possibility that the Rams could pull this off. And now we're at a spot where the Rams are maybe not just a player, but they could be the lead dog to landing another star. And I think it honestly just makes way too much sense. I mean, you're talking about a team that clearly views their Super Bowl window as open right now, and they want to give themselves the best possible shot of going and playing in a Super Bowl or at least trying to get to an NFC Championship game. And I think no matter how you slice it, what the Rams may need to trade, the salary cap complications, whatever other different type of potential issue there is, at the end of the day, you always need to come back to the same point. And I think we're all at the same spot here. And that is that Julio Jones makes the Rams offense exponentially better and exponentially more explosive. No questions asked. That is why I think they need to explore this option as much as possible. Now, what is it going to take? Mike Garofolo mentioned in his report that it could come down to a first round pick, but it might not be, you know, just a straight swap of a first round pick for Julio or something like that. He said it could be similar to the structure of what the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs had for offensive tackle Orlando Brown. And if you guys recall, and I can't remember off the top of my head exactly the compensation, but there was like a first round pick going to the Ravens from the Chiefs. And then the Ravens sent like a second or a third back and then a fifth went one way and a seventh went back. So it was kind of like, yeah, okay, they traded a first round pick, but they also got a second or third in return. So in reality, all they really did was just trade their pick and kind of you know, get one in return that's just 60 or 70 spots lower in terms of the draft capital or draft order, not necessarily just trading a first round pick outright. And so, you know, the Rams obviously don't have a first round pick until 2024. So that is a bit of a concern in terms of how competitive can they get with all these other teams in the potential market here. You know, what are the Rams going to potentially offer? We don't know probably not a first round pick. And if it is, it's not going to be until 2024. So that is obviously way less enticing than a team that might be able to offer Atlanta a first round pick in, you know, 12 months time. So there's that potential issue. Then you look at all the other stuff. Well, you know, the Rams are going to have five compensatory picks coming in most likely for the next draft. And that does give them a little bit more flexibility to potentially trade some of those mid rounders, maybe a second, maybe a third, maybe a compensatory third, maybe package two seconds, two thirds, something like that. The Rams can get very creative here. Yeah, they might not have the same first round pick kind of star power that some other teams do. But in reality, you know, if the Tennessee Titans, for example, can offer a first round pick and want a second in return, how much different is that really than the Rams just offering, say, you know, two second round picks and not getting anything in return? So the Rams are going to have a way to get this done, I think. Les Need, general manager, has done a very good job at acquiring players, finding guys that he thinks are going to ultimately make the team better, and securing those guys in trades, even if it does cost a little bit more than, you know, what the media would like to see or what the fans would like to see. They go get their guys, and ultimately, I just think that, you know, Julio Jones, the addition, what he could do for this offense, what he could do for new quarterback Matthew Stafford, what he allows head coach Sean McVay to do, what he's going to do in terms of the wide receiver room, the Robert Woods, the Cooper Cups, the Deshaun Jacksons, all these other guys, 
We want to talk about that in the next segment. I think he's going to make everyone's job easier. He's going to open up the offense. I think he's going to help your running game. He's going to help you be more explosive. And I'm going to explain all of that and how and why in the next segment. So make sure to tune into that. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP and the page at Locked On Rams. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. Welcome back to the second segment here of this Julio Jones special at the Locked on Rams podcast. And I know that a lot of you guys don't necessarily want to see the Rams spend more draft capital and trade away more assets for another wide receiver because I think everyone is pretty much in agreement that the Rams have a very good wide receiver core. You're not going to get a disagreement out of me. No way, no how. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, those are your 1A and 1B wide receivers great players. You look at Deshaun Jackson, they just signed him a few weeks ago, almost, you know, a month and a half, two months ago, a dangerous deep threat, but how much can you really count on him? Can he stay healthy? Those are all question marks. Is he going to be able to translate in the offense? Probably, but we're not 100% certain. Then you look at the younger guys that haven't played yet, the Van Jefferson, the Tutu Atwells. These guys, they have a lot of potential. They're probably going to be, you know, guys that contribute to the team and to the offense at some point in their careers, but How much can you count on them right now? How many snaps do you really want them playing right now? And if you are a Super Bowl player, a team that could compete for the ultimate ring here, do you really want to rely on these guys just yet? Maybe, maybe not. So we'll see on that. But when it comes to what Julio Jones can do for the rest of this offense, well, the first thing is very logically, he's going to be your number one wide receiver. What does that mean? That means that he's going to go against the opposing team's number one cornerback more often than not. If you guys recall, when Jalen Ramsey was traded to the Rams, you know, a year and a half ago, his very first game was against the Atlanta Falcons and he was shadowing Julio Jones. And so, you know, if you can recall, he obviously did a great job on covering Jones, but not only that, that was a big improvement in terms of, you know, the battle that he had to go into that game against. I mean, Imagine, for example, the Rams, their last game last season in the playoffs, they go against the Green Bay Packers. Their number one cornerback, Jair Alexander, that's a top five cornerback in the NFL. Tough matchup. That guy is very, very good. I don't mean any disrespect to their cornerback too, but the difference between the cornerback one, Alexander, and their cornerback two, Kevin King, is just absolutely insane. I mean, you can't really even put into words just how big of a drop-off in talent and production there is there. So what does that mean for the Rams wide receivers? Well, Julio Jones is good enough to beat cornerback ones anytime, but not only that, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are now going to go against cornerback number two and number three on opposing defenses, and that is going to make their jobs a lot easier. These guys are going to get more productive de facto just because they're going to have better matchups. Not only that, but now you have Julio who has, you know, this 4-3 speed. He's a guy who's going to beat teams over the top. He can make huge plays, obviously long touchdowns. He's capable of really winning on every level of the defense. When you throw that into the mix, teams now have to bracket Julio Jones. They have to afford two defenders to go 
cover this guy because he's just so dominant. And not only that, but when he's covered, he can actually go up and win jump balls. And again, he could take the top off the defense. So now teams have to shade safety help towards that way. They have to make sure they have a safety over the top to minimize these big plays and rather allow these 10 or 15 yard completions as opposed to 50 yard touchdowns, especially when you're playing Matthew Stafford who wants to push it deep. And so again, that's just making everyone's job easier because now this guy is so good. He's attracting two or three players on every play or, you know, the majority of the plays that is only going to allow the defense to concentrate less and put less defenders to covering the Woodses and the Cups and the Higbees. And ultimately, that's why it's going to make your passing game way better. Not just because Julio is going to be a good player for you. Of course, we know that. Julio is, like I said in the first segment, a top two, top three wide receiver, but he's going to make everyone else's job easier. And in turn, that is also going to make your running game more productive because now instead of having a Van Jefferson out there, you know, 50% of the game, and I like Van Jefferson, I think he's a quality player. You have a guy in Jones who can take the top off the defense. He runs a 4-3. He can legitimately score on any given play. Now teams can't afford to have the box stacked every single time like they did against the Rams last season. The passing game was decent, but at the end of the day, they refused to take deep shots. And that's why the box was so congested. And that's why it was such a grind for the Rams to try and gain yardage and be super productive on the ground because now teams don't have to worry about having two safeties back there every single snap. They can afford to have one safety creep up into the box and have that numbers advantage in the running game. And ultimately, they know that, you know, more often than not, the Cup, the Woods, the Jeffersons, those guys are not going to beat you over the top. That's just not going to happen more often than not. And so, you know, if you get Julio Jones... That changes the whole dynamic because now teams, yeah, they might be able to creep that safety up every now and again, but if they do, now they're in a potential spot where, you know, Julio might take the top off and Michael score a 50-yard touchdown. And so now defensive coordinators have to reevaluate their decisions. Do we want to be beaten on a massive win like that against Julio Jones? Or would we rather kind of play it safe, have these two safeties line up 15, 20 yards down the field and off the ball and be safe when it comes to the deep ball? and just allow the Rams to kind of run us into the ground? Or do we want to play, you know, against the run, try and stop the run, try and minimize their production on the ground, but be at risk to be beaten over the top? And so now the Rams can also play their running game off of that. If you see two safeties line up very deep, it's a good chance K-Makers is going to be very productive in that ground game, especially with that offensive line that likes to maul. And if a safety comes down, you know, Matthew Stafford's a veteran. He knows how to check into a pass. And now you have a Deshaun Jackson. Now you have a Julio Jones. Guys who can legitimately win at the next level, take the top off the defense, and make defenses pay for wanting to stop the run. So that is why I just think it makes so much sense. That's why football is the best game in the world. Everything ties into each other so much. Like every single part of the game is intertwined. And that's why the addition of a special player like Julio Jones changes the whole dynamic of your offense. Now, you know, statistically, yeah, he might not make the craziest difference. He's not going to take the 32nd ranked offense and make them the number one ranked offense. No, that's not going to happen. And that's not what we're suggesting is going to happen. But what can he do? He could take an offense that was maybe going to be ranked 12th and turn them into, you know, fourth, maybe sixth, maybe third, maybe second. That is the kind of relatively big difference that could be the difference between the Rams, you know, making it into the divisional round of the playoffs, making it into the conference championships, making it to the Super Bowl. You look back to the Super Bowl in 2018, you know, Brandon Cooks, their number one receiver at the time, 
if he catches either of those passes in the end zone, one of which was Jared Goff's fault, it was a little bit late, and one of which I guess he got tugged on a little bit by, I believe it was Stefan Gilmore, and maybe there was a pass interference call that wasn't called. He catches either of those balls, and that game is completely different. And those are the times when you need a guy like Julio Jones who's going to be as safe of an option as you could possibly get. And that's not a knock on Cooks, but that just goes to show you that, one, this legitimately is a game of inches, and two, everything that happens in an NFL game is intertwined with what's going to happen next, what's going to happen later, and ultimately what you're allowed to do and what you can do. And Julio Jones opens up the entire playbook for Sean McVay, the entire playbook for Matthew Stafford. He makes everybody else's job easier. The Robert Woods, the Cooper Cups, the Tyler Higbees, those guys are all going to eat like crazy underneath. The Deshaun Jacksons, whenever he can get on the field, the K-Makers, and ultimately, I think this would be a home run addition. I think it would take this offense from you know being a potential top 10 offense to being arguably the most complete and the best offense in football If the Rams do truly believe they are in a Super Bowl window right now and they can go make a play for Julio Jones, I think they have to give it all they got. We're going to have to kind of stay put and see what happens. But as of right now, it does seem that the Rams are legitimate players, maybe not just players, but they could be leading the clubhouse too for the services of another superstar to add to an offense that is going to be looking relatively new and exciting in 2021. That is going to do it for our Julio Jones coverage for now. Make sure you guys keep checking back throughout the rest of the week because I promise you, I'm going to keep you updated on every single topic when it comes to this potential trade here for the Rams. They could be trading someone out of the building, maybe a Van Jefferson like we talked about last week, maybe some picks, maybe something else. We have no idea. Make sure to keep checking back. I'm going to update you guys on all the odds, everything that changes. If there's any new reports, if the Rams ultimately you know, come in, come out, whatever the case is. So make sure to check for that and also everything else related to the Los Angeles Rams. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. Throughout that process, I was looking for the best protein bar and found one called the Built Bar. I'm telling you guys, this protein bar is unlike any other on the market. They're delicious. They obviously taste great. They have a bunch of different flavors and the texture is unlike any other texture from any other protein bar that I've ever tried. The bars are also healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber and they'll even work for you if you are on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, is Nikola Jokic enough for the Nuggets? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here of this Monday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. And I have one final tidbit that I want to share on this Julio Jones topic. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk came out yesterday and said that apparently the Rams were actually out when it comes to a Julio Jones trade. And this was the quote in his article. He said, regardless, we're told that it's not. The Rams are out. That's not a firm guarantee that they won't get back in. But for now, they're out. And just wanted to say, I don't know if I trust that 100%. Because last week, before anyone connected the Rams to this topic, nobody had any sources connecting the Rams whatsoever, except Peter Schrager and Steve Weich. And both guys said, do not count the Rams out. And then all of a sudden, the news comes out that they are potentially interested. 
The odds swing in their favor. Mike Garofolo of NFL Network now has a report. And now all of a sudden, all media has their opinions. All their sources are suddenly talking. I don't buy it for one second. I'm going to stay put and believe in what Peter Schrager and Steve White are talking about. And when these guys ultimately update us, we'll buy into that. I wanted to also share that tidbit of news. Could be relevant. Could be wrong. We'll see. But for now, I think the Rams are firmly interested. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's also a done deal or you know he's guaranteed to go to the Rams so just wanted to update you guys on that but we are going to pivot to the defensive side of the ball and talk about current Rams superstar Aaron Donald this dude is something special I think we all know that three-time defensive player of the year and per our exclusive partner at bet online they have dropped their defensive player of the year odds for this season and guess who tops the list with four and a half to one odds, it is Aaron Donald once again at plus 450, the number one player so far with the best odds to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. Now, this shouldn't shock anybody. We know this is the best defensive player in football, but what's crazy about this is that Aaron Donald already has three Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's only the third player in NFL history to do this. The only other two, J.J. Watt, and Lawrence Taylor, I guess also two pass rushers. So ironically enough, a lot of the names up here, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, all these guys are pass rushers. So, you know, it's kind of obviously skewed towards the sack performances and these guys that put up the gaudy numbers on the defensive side of the ball. But it's crazy to think that Aaron Donald once again tops the list and it really just goes to show you how special this guy is. He is one of three players in NFL history to have three Defensive Player of the Year awards. So he's already tied for first. Now, if he can win another, that would put him in a tier of his own, obviously being the only player in NFL history with four Defensive Player of the Year awards. That would be crazy, especially when you consider the fact that this guy's only 30 years old and he doesn't look like he's slowing down one bit. I mean... He just turned 30 in May, so, you know, a couple weeks ago, actually, I think exactly one week ago or, you know, eight days ago, this is a guy that could legitimately play up until 35, maybe, 36, who knows, because at the end of the day, he takes great care of his body, he's clearly all in on his craft, and that gives him a lot of time to continue to rack up more statistics, more awards, more Pro Bowls. He's already got seven of those, maybe more first-team All-Pros. He's already got six of those, more Defensive Player of the Year awards, three of those, more sacks, all this different stuff. He's already got 85 and a half career sacks, and it's really just honestly crazy because I feel like we sometimes forget how special of a player this guy is because he's so dominant every single week that when he does something crazy, it's not even like, oh my God, did you see what Aaron Donald did? It's more just like, well, you know, yeah, I guess. Like he did that, you know, every week in the past five weeks. So we're not even surprised at the things that this guy does anymore. And I just wanted to give a second to really just appreciate how special this guy is. I mean, at the end of the day, I wouldn't say you're wrong to even go bet on him because that is probably the one award that I would feel the best going into, you know, betting on the favorite because, More often than not, you know, betting the favorite is always dangerous. You always want to try to get better odds, try to get a potential bigger jackpot, bigger winnings. But Aaron Donald is just so good. 
Is anyone really going to be able to displace him here? And there are some good options. I mean, you look at Miles Garrett. He's going to be playing on a dominant defensive line with the Cleveland Browns. And that entire defense in general is going to be very, very good. So it's going to be hard to see him not being super productive. You look at TJ Watt, obviously a very good player who nearly won last year. It came down to him and Aaron Donald. And I think Donald was the clear-cut winner, in my opinion. And that's no bias whatsoever. You know, TJ Watt was probably pretty close, but is he going to do it? Maybe, maybe not. You know, the Steelers are kind of retooling on that defense. They lose out on another pass rusher in Bud Dupree, who kind of didn't play much last year anyways. I think he had a torn ACL, but that could allow, you know, defenses to maybe focus on Watt a little bit more. So we'll see. You look at Chase Young, an absolutely dominant rookie, but does he have enough this season to take that next leap or, you know, big step into being the best player not just a really really good one but one who's going to put up 15 or 18 sacks or you know whatever the amount that you have to put up to try and displace a guy like Aaron Donald we don't know you obviously got the Bosa's who are obviously very good as well so it's going to be a fun battle it's going to be a tight race I think but at the end of the day if you gave me you know a thousand dollars and said listen so so you got to put your money down on somebody right now what odds are you taking? What player do you think is legitimately going to win this award? My money is going right for number 99 in Los Angeles. Los Angeles Rams, I should say, because like I mentioned, Bosa is on this list as well, and he does wear number 99, and he's obviously in Los Angeles as well. So Aaron Donald, to clarify, the dude is special. Ultimately, I think you know the Rams bring back Leonard Floyd. That helps. He's not going to be not necessarily double or triple teamed all the time because he will be and he should be, but it does take a little bit of pressure off of him. And the Rams did kind of retool a little bit on that defensive line as well. Yeah, they lose on Michael Brockers and things like that, but they've done a very good job at developing their players up front there. Sebastian Joseph Day, Ashawn Robinson now is going to get a full training camp, a full season, so he could do a very good job there as well. Now, I think Aaron Donald is the best player in the league, the best defender, and it is crazy to see him once again at the top of this list, but we will see what's going to happen when it comes to this season. That is all for this episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys for listening to another episode here. Make sure to check back throughout the rest of the week. We're going to continue to dive into this Julio Jones talk when it comes to the Rams. We're going to look at what the Rams could trade, what it might cost them on the salary cap, why they should do it. Is there any update to where the Rams are in the pecking order? Is there somebody else developing into a favorite? Have the Rams dropped out? All that good stuff. So make sure to keep checking back for that news as well as everything else related to the Los Angeles Rams. Just a reminder, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP and at Lockdown Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.